0: Hey everybody, welcome back to another Tuesday Tips episode brought to you by the Hunt, Lift, Deep podcast. I'm Carter McKenzie and I'm here with, I guess, the reoccurring Goon Squad now. I'm (laughs) here with uh, Bobby McCready and Tyler Jensen. What's going on, fellas? What's up? What's going on? Good to have you guys back on here. I know we took a little hiatus from turkey tips for a couple weeks. We we racked a few in the books and then... uh, we took a little pause there and I, I, I may have bailed on you guys a couple times.
1: He's just too busy for us, we get it. <laughs> just too I, busy. I don't know
2: about Tyler, but my dogs are upset you didn't introduce them. So <laughs> yeah, that's I, true. I,
1: <laughs> if this
2: is an episode about dogs, they need to be introduced as well. <laughs> well, Bobby, it's interesting
0: you bring that up. That's an excellent segue into our topic this week. So Tyler and Bobby happen to be a couple of uh experienced townsmen that uh our members of uh, the HLE team that we got here. Um, and I think we're going to, we, we had a lot of success with the uh, Turkey tips series that we did. And I think we're going to run with uh, some hunting dog experience and we, you know, working title. Um, so if you have any opinions on uh, what we want to call this series, uh, let us know. I know I'm sure Bobby could come up with something absolutely ridiculous for us to call it. Um,
1: but yeah, sure, we're going to we'll
0: talk, we're going <laughs> to <laughs> talk dogs during this series. Um, I have not a lot to add to this conversation. My uh, my black lab is absolute garbage when it comes to being a black lab. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Dude, the dude hates, hates water, does not like getting in water. He is gun shy like crazy. He has no desire to please a human being whatsoever. He's more like a cat than he is a dog. Hates playing fetch. I mean... Doesn't give a shit. Loves running away. Like just does not give a shit about anybody. <laughs> That's hysterical. Dude, he's the absolute worst. Um, but yeah, why don't you, uh, Bobby, why don't you go
2: first? Why don't you inter- introduce your dogs to give people some context uh, to the oh, series man. going forward? So I'll, uh, I'll start with my oldest male here. I got Sarge. He's a seven-year-old GSP. Uh, I got him from, I believe he, he came from Ohio. Uh, he was my first pointer that I grabbed uh, when I moved into my house and I said, you know, I got my own house now. Now I need my own pointer. So got to get my, my own dog to fill in. Then I got my uh, second girl here. Who's named this ginger. She, uh, she is a tan English pointer and she's actually my rescue. She's uh, she's the lucky one that got rescued from a rescue group here locally in New Jersey. She had a long voyage from South Korea to New Jersey. And she actually came from one of the uh, meat market areas, I guess out there. They sent those pictures and everything. Um, she is the best hunter I have and the worst hunter I have in the same exact uh, sentence. So she is great at finding birds, great at finding animals, hard worker. You bring a gun, a nail clipper, or anything near that dog, since she was astray, she is afraid as can be, so uh, we don't push her too much. Then we have my third, who is Sage. She is a wire-haired GSP mix, who I got from North Carolina and as the southerners say she's our little bless her heart so she is a she tries we'll say that as much as we we love her here she's out there trying her best she she does her she does her best she's she's oh man i you know i don't know if you can say dogs are slow but sometimes i kind of feel like this dog might be a little uh a little slower than normal (laughs) so those are my three pups uh low on the death but sarge is definitely my my anytime I have to go hunting, I take him. Sage comes along with us. Sage is a great hunter. Don't get me wrong, but uh, Sarge definitely. If you're looking for a good day, you're t- you're taking Sarge with you. That's for sure.
0: That's awesome. That's pretty remarkable about the uh, Korean meat market, man. That's wild. Oh
2: yeah. You got to see pictures of this poor doll. Like, they they, you know, they, said, they, email you pictures and they say, oh, you know, are you interested in adopting? You're, you're not going to say no. You're, there's no way when you see these pictures, like, what the hell? Especially if I'm the alternative no. is like, it's somebody's yeah, dinner. Yeah, yeah. Like, come on
1: just a family yeah. with like plates behind it they're just like yeah. do you want this dog you're like oh
2: no i i swear to god i'll text you the picture it looks like straight out of a sarah mclaughlin commercial she's in a cage <laughs> and like the, the the collar is 30 sizes too big just hanging down because she looks like she's like she's all you see is skin and bones so i'm like oh my god this poor dog needs to come home right now <laughs> there was an audiophile too playing sad music in the background <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so so that's how we got
1: her awesome <laughs> no, that's awesome that's great, man. Tyler, what about your pups? So I've got two black labs. Uh, my oldest one, Millie, she's seven. She's my waterfowl dog. She just is locked in, you know, sits in a blind all day. Doesn't matter if it's 70 degrees out or two degrees out. She's just happier than be next to shotguns and guys and waiters. She do, does not care. will work her ass off swimming all day, all night. And then my youngest is tank. He's like a 105 pound black lab. He, uh, he's my upland bird slash waterfowl. He's kind of my hybrid dog. I don't really use him specifically for two things, except for unless I, you know, shoot it. I was telling you guys earlier, I shot a doe and uh, we used him to, to track it, you know, and just, he did really well, but those dogs mean more than me than most humans do. So it's, it's pretty crazy. I mean, I got, I got Millie from a breeder out of Washington when I was over, stationed over there. And then um, I ended up getting tanked for free during like a, a breeder mix up and, point some like some guy who got a pick of the litter picked two males and he said oh yeah th- this male's aggressive blah, blah blah can you come get him and i went and picked him up at like i don't know 10 11 weeks old like he was a puppy like tiny as can be and he's the most lovable like lap dog that's you've ever seen so i don't know what his deal was but yeah i love him to death and they're just my hunting companions and we try to get out and do whatever we're doing together and it's pretty fun
0: yeah, that's awesome. And I think that's something uh, a lot of people can can relate to, even you know, obviously, you know, if they don't have working dogs or <clears throat> any type of sporting or hunting dogs in their family, like dogs, are dogs are special. Humans suck. Dogs never
2: suck, you know, dogs sit on the couch in my house. People sit on the floor. So <laughs> right. <laughs> right.
0: Right. even though I hate my dog, he's the best. Right.
1: My thing with That's my cool. dogs is I got, you know, the labs, they just shed. So you open up like a fresh can of soup and there's already hair in it. You're like, this is fun. I love this for me.
0: That's yeah. I pulled my daughter out of the bath tonight. Instantly. <laughs> Picking off dog hairs from her. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like what is going on here? This doesn't make any sense. Uh, Bobby, you want to kick us off with uh, your first uh, tip for, for dog training?
2: Oh yeah. So When we talk about dog training, I mean, there's obviously a million different things that you can train your dog for. I mean, starting with a basic obedience to waterfowl, to um, upland, to shed hunting, to tracking. There's so many different things, obviously. Uh, Me personally, I have my dogs trained for upland hunting and that's what we focus on. Uh, I've been with Pheasants Forever for a couple years now as the president of our local chapter and upland hunting is one of those things closest to me. So I obviously love upland hunting. Uh, basically my two tips are, you know, working towards the training on your dog. Uh, for me, uh, I always say that training in a designated area is one of the best things for a pup, uh, especially when you're starting out young, uh, dogs are very visual learner, very visual, you know, uh, best way you can explain it is, Hey, you take that dog to a vet, they see that door, they see that door of that vet. They've been there a few times. They're they're screeching, they're stopping. They're like, oh shit, something's about to go down. I am not going in there and they start freaking out. Same thing with the dog sees a bathtub, they're like, oh no, I know what happens when I go in there. I'm not doing it. So when you're playing with your dog regularly in a backyard, that dog's accustomed to happy, joy and play in the backyard. When you're training a bird dog, play and work are two things that we kind of need to separate here. So I always take my dog's couple miles away to a field and actually work on our training there. So this way they know, Hey, this is not playtime. This is strictly business time. We need to learn on, this is where we're starting to do. It. Um, usually when you start them at a young age, they start to realize that. Otherwise, when you first get a dog into a field, they want to, they, they kind of think they want to play out there. So that's why you try to separate those things there. So having a certain spot where you train your dog early on is key to me. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. Doing your woes and your holds and your things in the backyard are great. But when you're training for feathers and things like that, me personally, I feel like taking them away from that environment is one of the best things. Uh, So second thing I got, it kind of works with that, is off-season training. A lot of guys forget that you need to keep those dogs active year-round. You cannot just push them hard in the season and expect them to uh, do do as good as they do. Now, I I recently just – my dog, Sarge, uh, just had TPLO surgery, tore his ACL. So we're actually working him back in towards that. And I kind of feel, put that on myself because I didn't do a lot of offseason training and season opener. He tore his ACL in that field. So uh, working your dogs year round, keeping them active, finding little things for them to do is awesome. My biggest one is uh, I think it's, it's the technical name is bike joring or something like that. But it's basically you hook your dogs up to your mountain bike, you get in the woods and they just tow you through. Uh, My dogs love that. I posted a video of that. I know, Carter, I know you saw that. So that's one of those things that keep them active there is, uh, you know, getting them outside, keeping those legs moving, keeping those joints free. Great, great thing to do out there.
0: Tyler, you got anything on those two tips?
1: Yeah, I would just say like, um, you know, for my dogs, especially at an early age, you've got to make training fun. You know, if you're you're just kind of like – you have to do this. You need to, you need to sit and like being aggressive. Like the dog, like you're like Bobby was saying is like, your dog is not going to want to do anything you ask them to do because they go, this isn't fun. I don't want to do this. So (laughs) a couple tricks that I did with my oldest, uh, she's really food driven. Like, both my dogs are very driven by different things. Like Tank is all about praise. Like he does anything good, I just hype him up. I'm like, good boy. I'm like, awesome. Let's go. And he just gets all excited. So he knows next time he does what I ask him to do, he's going to get that hype train. With Millie, she could care less. She's like, where are the snacks at? She's my little thicky. So she's just – I usually keep like um, – I actually have a f- freeze-dried – or not freeze-dried, dehydrated duck jerky that I got off Amazon. It's like all just – jerky and so I'll keep a couple of those in my pocket and every time she does something exactly the way I want her to now that she's older she's just boom she gets a treat and she knows okay I have to do it this exact way on these commands and then I get something and I just continuously train her that way um so those are like the two things that I would say just like get or just the one thing I guess but get very basic in your commands too don't be like hey you come over here come stay sit People fail to realize like dogs don't speak English. They don't They don't know what you're talking about. You need to have like, okay, do this. A- when I say this command, do this action, but I don't need to say like, hey, come over here and sit, come, sit, stay, lay down. And it just makes it simpler for the dog. They understand it. They get a treat. They want to do it again. And then uh, it's not even a tip, but like the second thing I want to say is just be super patient with dogs, man. They like a lot of dogs are people pleasers. They want to please you like you are their, you know, master. You're their owner. They want to do what you're saying. They don't necessarily know how to do it. So you just need to be patient and not get frustrated. And I know I've gotten down that road where it's like this fucking dog doesn't know shit. She's stupid. And I'm just like, all right, back it up. What are you not doing to help your dog understand what's going on? Slow it down. Be patient. And I'm telling you, if you just keep it simple, the dog's bloodlines, if it's it's a bloodline dog, like they're going to pick it up pretty fucking quick. I'll totally agree there.
0: Yeah, that's all great stuff. I mean, I've hunted with some pretty remarkable dogs for all different types of hunts from – you know, duck in North Dakota or Arkansas or quail down in South Georgia, all different types. I mean, shoot, I hunted with pit bulls down in for quail down in South Georgia. I mean, any dog, right, with the right training and the right circumstances and the, and the right trainer, kind of to your point, Tyler, with the, with the right patience. I feel like the desire to please um, mixed in with what this dog is supposed to do from an evolutionary point of view Uh, can really make leaps and bounds. And and that's what makes a, uh, a strong hunting dog, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, now that I like when I first had Millie, when she was a pup, I'd bring the shotgun out. She had no clue what the shotgun meant. I'd bring camo out. She had no idea what that meant, but then she went on her first duck hunt and we killed some ducks and she got to go out and do her retrieving aspect of everything. And she loved it. So now I even walk by the gun safe and she's just like my shadow. She's like, where are we going? Let's go. Like, I'm like, it's wintertime. We're going inside and starting a wood stove fire. Relax.
2: Yeah, I I feel you on that one, man. I can't even take a gun out to clean it without my dog just going ballistic. Really? And they, yeah, you can't. Like right now, if I walk into my safe and hit that button, you just hear a bunch a bunch of tic-tacking of all my dogs <laughs> running to the safe.
1: <laughs> they just get stoked. Their their desire they, to they work is so high. Oh, yeah. my oldest is just insane, dude. The second you say, I'll, all I have to say in the anywhere in the house, I'm like, want to get some ducks. Her ears perk up, and she's like. Yeah, motherfucker, let's go. Like, I've been waiting. (laughs) Yeah, more than you. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It's fun, though, especially when a dog gets to that point where you're doing what you enjoy and then you see them enjoying what, like, you know, their working aspect. Um, Even now, like, don't get me wrong, I love to blast ducks and geese and like pheasants and quails, but there's nothing more that makes me excited or like passionate about duck hunting and dogs is that when you're sitting in a duck blind, and I don't even have to shoot any ducks. You call them in, people shoot ducks. And then you watch your dogs go out and work and bring those ducks in. It's just like, that's what it's about. You know, like I don't have to be in a kayak to go swim out and get ducks or whatever. It's like, this is cool. My dog is doing the work and it shows like all this hard work and bullshit that you had to deal with when they were puppies and them chewing on stuff and you training them not to, and now it's all paying off. You're like, damn, this is, this is awesome. Like, this is what it's about. So If you don't hunt over dogs, whether it's tracking or fetching, get dogs. Stop having kids, get dogs.
0: (laughs) Yeah, dude. Kids are, dogs are a financial disaster already, but kids, holy shit, dude. Worst financial mistake you can ever make. And I have both, so I can
2: speak confidently on that. All right. And I can put my dogs in a cage when I go somewhere. I can put them in a cage and (laughs) nobody calls anybody.
1: You can put your kids in a cage, you just can't get caught. So that's right. That's right. But it's kind of the most
0: pure aspect of hunting, right? Anybody who's hunted with a good dog. It's the most beautiful thing. Like you're saying, like even if you don't kill any ducks, if you get to see that dog work or that dog hold or that dog do what it's supposed to do, it's kind of like the most, not to over
1: romanticize it, but it's kind of like the most beautiful thing you ever see. It really is. I totally agree. I think hunting over dogs is is awesome. Um, I was actually kind of, so when I first like learned about, uh, you said houndsmen, I wouldn't really consider myself like a houndsman. Cause here in Montana, like houndsmen are like cat. That you know, means mountain cats. lions, right? Yeah, Cats, you know, mountain lions, bobcats, whatever. Um, but so when I, I remember watching my first video on YouTube of like them treeing a cat and shooting it and it made me kind of sad. Cause I was like, man, that cat like was stuck in a way. But then, you know, I was like, I think it's kind of cheating with dogs, blah, blah, blah. And then. I got working dogs, and uh, after like watching my dog retrieve her first duck, and I was like, I get it now. Like it's not about pushing the cat into the tree; it's about like all the work that you did prior, and then watching it un- unveil in front of you, and you're like, oh, like this is sick.
2: Yeah, especially if you do upland hunting you're, you're not hunting your dog's doing the hunting you're just shooting something out of the sky like it's let's just face it like once you got your dog trained there's there's no upland hunting your dog is literally doing everything for you and you just sit back and when you miss you better answer to your dog because he's gonna be pissed too
0: <laughs> you're just taking your shotgun for a walk until your dog flushes <laughs> yeah. something. I have a my video dog out hunts me yeah I've
1: got a video on my phone of me and I miss like There was these teal that came flying down the river. I wasn't paying attention and I missed three shots and the look on my dog's face. And she's like (laughs) crying like, you idiot. Like that was our only chance. And now I'm just out here and she's got icicles all over her. I was just like, all right, Millie. geez, I'm sorry. Fair enough. It's like she knew they were teal too. Like she was like, "I don't know who needs to tell you this, dad, but be better." And I was like, "That's not a, not a couple of greenheads, but teals." Yeah, was, I was like, yeah. "I spent more money on shells and the whole meat I'm going to get out of three teal."
2: Tyler, do you hunt your dogs together or you hunt them separate?
1: Um, I'll say this, I used to hunt them together, but when it, I usually hunt them together, now when I'm doing like upland stuff, because I have two dogs kind of moving around and they're not pointing, so they're flushing, and they stay within that 20, 15 yard range. When I'm duck hunting, it's so hard to like command dogs to do whatever. Um, and if I shoot one duck, they're not trained enough to where like I can only send one out. So then they'll both go for the same duck. And like I've had instances where they grab a duck and they split it in half, and I'm like, well, what the fuck, guys? <laughs> <laughs> but but for me right now, like if I go if I go waterfowl hunting even in fields, um I just bring one. It's super. It's a lot easier just do commands and just take care of one dog and instead of being like Millie stay, Tank go, and Tank stay. Or you know, it's just it gets jumbled up because if I say go, they both know the word, so it's tough, and then it's aggravating. And I'm just like, I don't want to shoot yeah. ducks anymore. This is tiring. <laughs>
2: I feel you on that one. I think that was actually the hardest thing I've ever trained my dogs on was honoring my other dog's point. To me, that was one of the hardest things I could do because you're not fighting a training thing; you're fighting a dog's drive towards towards what they want to do the most. And that that I'm telling you, if you want to see some funny GoPro footage, you can see some of the videos of me trying to get my dogs to honor each other's point. It is insane. My brother still laughs at me to this day. It's, it was it was bad. Like it was the, the sarge's drive just to get some birds. I mean he'd put one up and they would go 200 yards away and I'm missing. And he's still chasing. He's like, fuck this. I'm going to get it. He's like, I'll show you who's the best hunter here. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. That's a, uh, that's cool, man. Have y'all ever
0: strapped a GoPro to your dogs to get that kind of footage? No, oh, hell yeah. Me too though. That would be cool. So you have Bobby?
2: Yeah, I got, I got Well, I had some on my TikTok before it got banned, but I do have <laughs> some, I got to post them to my Instagram. It's so cool. Like, one of the videos is, uh, I think it was actually Sarge's first hunt and he got his first bird and he didn't know what to do with it because I didn't teach him to bring it back yet or anything like that was, that wasn't part, that was like part two of this, you know, training and everything. He, uh, he shredded that poor bird. And like you see it in the video, he's just shaking his head and just feathers <laughs> are flying everywhere. I'm like, well, don't have to break the neck on this one. That's, that's clear.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Shoot that to Luke. He'll post it on the HLE page.
2: Oh, it's great. That's cool. it's, I Yeah.
1: Does, uh, do both of your dogs have like when they, so now that they retrieve, did you, what was your training tactic to get them to have like a soft mouth or did they just originally have a soft mouth? So like, for <laughs> instance, like my, my oldest, like she had a real big issue with like chomping. So she would get like, and it, it came from like me playing with a, a tennis ball or a rubber ball. I'd throw it out. And then on the way back, she'd sit there and chomp, chomp, chomp. Cause it feels good on their gums or whatever. Well, then it correlated to she'd pick up a duck and chomp, chomp, chomp. So like what I did is that like I would actually like pinch underneath her tongue when she would do that and she stopped doing it like almost immediately. So now she's got like the softest mouth where like I get a full bird and not a single feather is missing.
2: But my dogs actually have very soft mouths, but his Sarge, or Sage has the softest mouth. Like the, she's great. Like she'll bring it to you and drop it right on your feet. I didn't even have to train her with that. I was like, wow, oh, that just saved me a couple of days right there. Sarge though, uh, he's got a problem with shaking the bird. Like he just whips that thing back and forth and just, I mean, it's good if you want a whole roaster pheasant because then you could just, it's just featherless already when you got it now. So <laughs> already de-feathered for you. Oh yeah. I'm telling you, wait till you see this video. You're going to see it. You are just go watch him start shaking. I actually, it was like a, the GoPro footage was probably like 25 minutes of me walking through and I edited it down to like five. And then if I really could have made it 15 minutes of him just shaking the bird and me running over yelling his name, like you hear it in the background of the video too. Like me (laughs) running across the field, yelling like Sarge drop. And he just would not drop it. (laughs) But what am I going to do, man? It was his first bird. He was happy as hell. I'm like, have at it man shake that thing all you want you know go for it i'm happy too man
0: (laughs) hard to take that away from him man yeah Yeah, awesome that's really great yeah i'm i'm uh i'm pumped about this uh series guys we got two other guys who are very familiar with training dogs on the team as well um and and a wealth of knowledge here and this could easily turn into a full I, i feel like we could talk for a full hour on on just dog hunting here so um I like think we'll cut it short for this Tuesday Tips episode, but Bobby, do you want to recap your your two real quick?
2: Yeah, definitely. So, just to go with it again, you know, uh, have a designated area where you do most of your training. That's not, you know, that a dog hasn't associated with playtime. Um, like Ty was saying, though, you know, you want to keep it fun, but you want to make sure that you're staying. You, you're mix. You're not mixing playful shenanigans with working time. So uh, I try to, like I said, keep them in a different field, different location, especially because if you train at a location that, you know, even if you do a WMA or whatever management area that you could actually hunt birds at, if you train an off season there then you get your dog there for season time, it makes your life a lot easier because they're just like, oh shit, I know this spot. I'm ready to go. So uh, that's a great, I don't know if other states do this, but like our state in off season actually stocks birds for our, for us to train our dogs with a certain location, which is phenomenal. I mean, the state sucks. And that's one of the best things I think they do <laughs> is actually do that. So, and keep that dog in shape, you know, just like us, you know, keep them going year round. You got to make sure you don't have an injury. Like I'm going through right now, uh, cost me $8,000 for the surgery. And now my dog is six to seven months recovery time. My entire house is lined with area rugs, I can't have them go down steps. So everything's a handicap ramp right now. The shit that you do for your dogs is uh, insane. So definitely keep your dogs running.
0: (laughs) Yeah. They're athletes, right? I mean, they're athletes first. So it's important to take care of uh, everything from a physiological point of view. Yep. That's great. Definitely. Tal, you want
1: to recap uh, your tip? Yeah. Three tips. Uh, First off, keep it simple. Keep it super simple. Like I said, dogs don't know English. Keep it simple with commands. Here, sit, stay, come, you know, go, left, right. Um, Have fun with it. Make sure they're having fun. That's the whole point of it. The whole idea to be out in the outdoors is to have fun. So you want to make sure the dog that's doing 90% of the work is having fun doing it. And then uh, patience, man. I think patience is huge. Anything in the outdoors, anything in life, I think if you're just patient and you just go through the motions and just do it, you'll have greater success. So just keep that patience and you'll notice over time that a dog that – wouldn't come to you or wouldn't sit is now doing it without you having to ask three or four times. And so, um, those are my three tips of the week.
0: That's awesome, man. And my crappy dog just came in here and stuck his nose in my lap and he wants attention when he wants attention, man. It's all <laughs> always on his terms. That's he awesome. He heard you talking he- shit. That's why he's <laughs> coming up <laughs> he to you. Did. He's like, let <laughs> he me did. see these real hunting dogs. Let me yeah. see them. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it, fellas. Uh, I'm really looking forward to this series. Um, Bobby, where can uh, people find you on Instagram?
2: Uh, Instagram, I am Bobby underscore Light L I T E E. I don't know why I still have that. Robin Big back in the day in high school was big. You know, I, I,
1: Bobby I know, Light.
2: So. <laughs> yeah, Bobby Light. Do <laughs> you right? <laughs> Sorry. All, right. all right, that was it. That was the singing I got for today. So. Bobby was also
1: a stripper in his past, so it's fine. Yeah.
2: Actually, hold on, hold on. Wait, they can't see it at home, but do you see it? Is it, it, is it visible in this? Oh, with my 7,000 water bottles.
0: I see a dartboard.
2: Is, is that a, a stripper pole? pole? I knew That's it! That's a stripper
1: pole. <laughs>
2: <laughs> so um, I'll, I'll hop on there. We'll singing Dirty Girl for you in We'll, hey, we'll, we'll tag
0: your OnlyFans in the show notes, okay? <laughs> yes, well, yeah, but th- I, I want percent. <laughs> yeah, so no, Tyler what- gave you the shout out, so.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Tyler, where can people find you on uh, Instagram? You can't find me on OnlyFans; I don't have a stripper pole. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Big Sky underscore uh, Ty. I pretty much just post hunting, lifting, and my dogs. So if you are not into that, keep scrolling. <laughs> yeah get the fuck out <laughs> yeah <laughs>
0: that's awesome uh listeners thanks for joining us this week uh go follow uh the hunt lift eat page at hunt lift eat official on instagram um keep listening to the hunt lift eat podcast um give us some feedback let us know what else you want to hear from these tuesday tips episodes um you know tell us the right thing and we'll have you on an episode and uh like always we appreciate the hell out of you guys and we'll talk to you next week